Who do they want? Mama. Amen? When you're not feeling good, when you're sick, you want mama. Even when a 58-year-old man is sick, and even though his wife is taking excellent care and just comforting and, and all of that, meeting every need, he still wants his mom to know how he feels. Any guys want to say, yeah, that's true. Oh, you're not, you're, not, you're liars. You're liars. I know this is true because I was really sick not long ago. And I said to Shirley, honey, you are so awesome and you're taking such good care of me. But would you mind if I let mom know how I feel? <laughs> and she let me call. <clears throat> You know, the Bible shows us that Jesus and Mary had that same kind of relationship. Because when Jesus was going through the the greatest moment of pain on the cross, his mom was there. And who was Jesus looking for in that moment of greatest pain on the cross? He was looking for his mom. The Bible says this, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, Mary, did you know that three Marys were at the cross? Stood his mother Mary, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, his aunt Mary, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, you see, he was looking for mom. When he saw mom there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mom, woman, here is your son. Take care of him, John, that I love Take care of John like he's your son. And he said to the disciple, here's your mother. Take care of her like she's your mother. And the Bible says from that time on, the disciple John took her into his home. In the moment of greatest pain, hurting beyond what we could ever imagine, Jesus summoned the strength to speak to whom? Everybody say mama with me. Mama. Mama. <laughs> He summoned the strength in the midst of all of that to speak to mom. Mothers, we got mothers here tonight. Would you please stand? Just wherever you are, come on. Go ahead and stand up if you're a mother. Yeah. (laughs) And stay standing, please. Mothers, you are special. You have a special impact on your kids. I believe you have a greater impact on your children than you even realize, more than you even know. And so we want to not only thank you thank you tonight, but we want to honor you tonight, and I want to have a prayer of blessing over you. And so would you just kind of bow your heads, and I want to pray for each one of you moms. Father, I thank you for each mother here. Lord, you know the concerns that they have from the moment they conceive. Even when their children are into adulthood, there's a concern, there's a special care that a mother has. And Father, I pray that throughout all of those stages of life that you would be with each mother here, that you would bless them with your peace and your comfort, whether their children are doing well or not doing so well. I pray, Lord, that you would hear and answer their prayers. I pray, Lord, that you would give them words of wisdom and counsel at just the right time. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to let them have an impact no matter how old their children are. 
Lord, I pray a blessing upon each mother here. Bless them. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's men said, amen. Just give them another big round of honor, would you? (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, on this Mother Day weekend, I want to finish our series called Fight for Your Family. Last message. And tonight I want to talk with you about a mother who led her family to a place of safety. Her name is Rahab. And in the Bible, the first time that you hear about Rahab, she's living a life of sin. She's living a life of shame. She's mentioned in four different books of the Bible, Joshua, Hebrews, James, and Matthew. In three of those Bible books, she's identified by what she did for a living. She's identified in three of those books as a prostitute. But I want to tell you her story tonight and on this Mother's Day weekend because she did something amazing. This mother, Rahab, led her family to a place of safety. The Israelites, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, were just about to cross over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. They were under the leadership of Joshua. And they were about to enter this land, and the first city that they would ever come to in this new promised land that that God had promised for them, and the city that they would have to conquer if they wanted to live in peace in this promised land was the city of Jericho. So Joshua, in preparation for the battle, sent two spies to take a look at the layout of this city. The king of Jericho, knowing that the Israelites were coming, placed his secret service men at every entrance, every gate of the city. And when the secret service men saw anyone enter that city that was not familiar to them, people that they did not know, they would follow them. So here come two new people into the city. The secret service begins to follow them. And so Joshua's two spies, trying to get away from the secret service, trying to not get arrested, these two spies run into the house of Rahab, into the house of a prostitute. And as soon as they enter her house, Rahab has a decision to make. They said to Rahab, the king's men are following us, and if they find us, they will arrest us and kill us. They told her, our king, Joshua, and the army of God is about to take over this city. But if you will side with us, if you will hide us, then you and your family will be saved when the army of God comes into the city. Now, in that moment, Rahab had this decision that she had to make. Instantly, she had to decide if she's going to go against her own culture if she's going to go against the people she's been raised with all of her life, if she's going to go against all of the men she had slept with in her house, and the king that she had followed for so many years. Instantly, she had to decide if she would change her allegiance from the king of Jericho to the king that was coming. 
in that moment, she decided to change her allegiance to the king that was coming. And the Bible tells us that she hid those spies. Well, the secret service told the king that they watched these spies go into the house of Rahab. Take a look at this scripture. And the Bible says, so the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out those men who came to you and entered into your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. Now, I think she hid Joshua's spies. As I began to study this and think about this, I think she hid Joshua's spies because she was kind of sick of the system. She was sick of her life system. You know, there comes a point when you are living in sin when you just get sick of it. And God's people said, amen. You get sick of it. Oh, sin for a while, it's fun. For a while, it's entertaining. But there comes a point when you get sick of everything that goes with the system of sinful living. The guilt. The shame. The consequences. And I believe that Rahab has spent one night too long in the arms of sinful men. I believe she had become sick of what she had become on the inside. I believe she had become sick of what sin had made her into, a prostitute. Well, the Bible tells us that the city of Jericho itself was exceedingly wicked. And she was a part of it. She was running this house of prostitution. But when the spies entered her house and said, you got to make a decision right now. When they said, you got to make a decision, Rahab made the very best decision of her entire life. In that moment, she decided to follow their king, to follow their God, Jehovah God. The one that she had heard stories about all her life. And in that moment, her entire life was about to change. And her entire family's destiny was about to change. Now listen to me. Sin cannot get you into a mess that Jesus can't get you out of. Amen? Oh, come on. A bigger amen. Amen? You might want to write that down. I didn't give you blanks to fill in. You're going to freak out tonight. Sin can't get you into a mess that Jesus can't get you out of. Listen, if you will give the mess and the one who made the mess to Jesus, Jesus, by his power, will clean up your mess and he will save the one who made the mess. Amen? And Jesus will give you a new start. He'll give you a whole new life. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe Rahab was sick of her current life system. And the Bible says that she heard about a different system. She had heard about the God of the Israelites. Now, you're not going to find one scripture in, in all of the Bible where God spoke to, a, to Rahab. It's not there. You're not going to find one scripture where God sent a prophet or somebody to talk to Rahab. It's just not there. To tell, tell her who he was, it's not there. So how does she hear about the God of the Israelites? But the Bible says that whatever she had heard, 
before the spies ever entered her house, the Bible says, and you can read this when you go home, it melted her heart. What she had heard had melted her heart. I believe she had only heard rumors. I believe that she had only heard third, fourth, and fifth-hand stories about who the God of the Israelites was. Maybe her family sat around a meal table or around a fire at night. Maybe Grandpa started talking about the people that he knew were wandering out in the wilderness for all these 40 years. You can't miss it. Two and a half million people. I believe Grandpa or Grandma told stories in Rahab's house about this God of the Israelites, this God who, who parted the Red Sea so they could cross it and be saved from their enemies, this God who every morning covered the ground with bread so they could eat, this God who, who made water gush out of a rock so two and a half million could quench their thirst. This God who, who made their shoes and cl- clothes last for 40 years. This God who, who made their shoes and clothes just, just last and not fall apart. I believe she had heard those stories. Now, I was thinking about the real miracle in that story about the, the shoes and the clothes. We're talking about a real miracle. I mean, you know you can't wear the same clothes you wore 20 years ago. Amen. You can't do that. I can't do that. But they did. God, the Bible says, they never had any new clothes. They never had any new shoes. He made those clothes expand. He made the waistlines expand. God made their shoes expand. Can you imagine a shoe on a one-year-old now 40 years later? God made the shoe grow with the foot. And that's all in your Bible. Go back and read it. It's a miracle that our God did. And you say, well, what are you saying, Pastor Larry? I'm saying our God supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. Amen? Our God supplies. I'm saying that their God is our God, and our God will supply our needs. He's a powerful God. But here is Rahab, and all she has heard are some stories about this, this providing God, this, this miraculous God. And yet it was enough, the Bible says, to melt her heart. It was enough for her to desire a different life system. It was enough to make her yearn for a better life. Now listen, if, if all she had was third, fourth, and fifth-hand stories, and those stories melted her heart, How much more should our hearts melt? How much more should we who have the written word of the Lord Jesus Christ, how much more should we who have the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit be melted and moved away from any sinful system in this world? Those of us who have experienced Jesus Christ personally, how much more should we belong to Jesus. You know, something Rahab heard moved her heart. And she chose the God of the Israelites, Jehovah God Almighty, in that moment, and she then hid those spies. And when the Secret Service came knocking on her door to arrest those spies, what'd she do? 
The Bible says she sent him on a wild goose chase. She sent the spies to the hills. She sent the secret service down the road. Read it. And then she let the spies crawl out her back window on the back wall of the city. She then let them slide down a rope and escape. Take a look at this. Joshua chapter 2, verse 15. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was a part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now listen really close. Before they left her house, those spies said this to Rahab. If you take this same scarlet rope that you're going to use to let us escape... If you tie this scarlet rope to the same back window through which you let us down to the ground, when we come into the city to invade the city, if you have gathered your family in your house where the scarlet rope is tied on your back window, your father and your mother and your brothers and your entire family in the house will be saved. And then she let him down through the back window. Now, why was it to be a scarlet rope. Why was it to be a red rope? Well, you got to understand that the color for her profession as a prostitute was red. Historically, the color red and the way they identified themselves as a house of prostitution was to hang a red cord or a red rope on the outside of the front side of their house. That's where the phrase, the red light district came from. Now get this, when she made her decision to help the spies and to turn to the God of the spies, she took that red rope from the front of the house and she moved that red rope to the back of the house, to the back window of the house on the city wall. And when she did that, she was saying two things. Number one, she's saying, I am not in business anymore. And all of God's people said, amen. I'm now going to follow the God of the Israelites. I'm out of the sin business. And secondly, she was saying, through this red rope that I'm putting on the back window, salvation's going to come to my house. Salvation's coming to my house. Now listen, the truth is this. I will never forget the day that God melted my heart and I chose to move the rope in my life. There was that day when I decided to turn away from the business of sin. And I will never forget the day that I turned toward God and moved the rope from the front of my life to the back of my life. Sin was no longer what I was pursuing. It wasn't out in front of me. I put it to the back of my whole life and said, I am done with this business. And so I chose to run away from sinfulness and run toward holiness. And that day is what Rahab decided to do. She was sick of the system of sin and ready for a different system. Some of you mothers may be sick of some sin in your life. It may not be a really big thing. It may not be that anything that anybody really even knows about. It might be kind of a secret to everybody around you. But there may be some sin in your life. So let me tell you that when you confess your sins to Jesus Christ and you invite him into your life, and most of you here tonight have done that, when you decide to, to move that rope, symbolizing that your sinful ways that you're putting them behind you, Jesus cleanses you. And the Bible says he remembers those sins no more. No matter how much you've done in the past, he remembers them no more. And all the women said, amen. 
he remembers them no more. Maybe some of you mothers need to move your rope. Maybe some of you need to put behind you something that you know is not right and let Jesus change your life. You see, the truth is you can change. You can shut down the business of sin in your life. You can say, sin no longer lives in my house. And that's what Rahab was doing. This is no longer going to be a sinful house. The Bible says, so she sent those spies away and they departed. And she tied that scarlet cord rope in the window. And then the day came for Israel to invade that city. The people of God surrounded the city. The people of God shouted and down came the walls of the city. The people of God invaded and overcame that city of Jericho. And the Bible says, Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute, look at this, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. Now listen close. Rahab and her family were saved because they had gathered in the house and stayed in the house under the protection of the red rope in the window. Now listen a little bit closer. The house represents the family of God, the church of God. The red rope represents the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that protects you and saves you and changes you. And it is the house of God that is the place of safety. The church of God, the family of God, the house of God is the place of safety where you need to have your family. Mothers, the key to your home standing when all the other homes are falling around you is for you to keep your family in the house. All the homes, the Bible says, go home and read it. The Bible says all the homes around her were falling. The walls fell down. Can you imagine that? Her, her home was on the wall of the city. And all the city walls crumbled, the Bible says, except for one house, the house of Rahab. Maybe all of the homes around you are crumbling. Maybe marriages are crumbling all around you. But if you have your family in God's house, you and your family and your marriage in God's house, it will stand. I've watched marriages try to survive outside the house of God. I've watched families try to, to survive in this culture outside the house of God. And this is what I've learned. No matter what hell hits you with, if you stay under the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ, and if you stay in the house of God, you will overcome. And all of God's people said, amen. You see, the enemy wants to pull you out of God's house. He wants to pull you back into the system of sin. But if you stay in God's house, no, you won't be immune from all the storms and all the temptations and all the tragedies and all the trials of life. But if you stay in God's house, when it's all said and done and the smoke is cleared, the ones who stayed in the house of God are going to be saved just like those in the house of Rahab. Mothers, I want to say to you tonight, Write this down. Keep your family in the house of God. Keep them in the house of God. 
And you will find out that all things work together for good for those who love God. You'll find out that there's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. You'll find out that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. You'll find out that the house that's built on the rock is the house that'll stand. Amen? You guys are too quiet tonight. Amen? The house built on the rock will stand. Mothers, keep your family in the house of God. Rahab put her trust in the red rope, now hanging at her back window, signifying she had changed her direction and she was not in business anymore. And salvation came to her house. She was cleansed from every sin of her past. Even when all the other houses around her were crumbling, her house was saved. I'm telling you, mothers, keep your kids in church. God can save your house when all the other homes around you are crumbling. Keep your kids in Sunday school. Keep your kids in youth group. Keep your kids in camps. Keep your kids going on mission trips. Keep your kids coming to worship services. Keep your kids coming and taking communion and worshiping God at nights of praise. Even though they complain, keep your kids in the house of God and God will save your home. Amen? Keep them in the house. Now, let me tell you something really interesting about the rest of Rahab's story. Rahab then went on and married one of the soldiers of the invading army of Israel. His name was Solomon. He was a Jew. And they got married, and they had a baby named Boaz. Boaz, and he met a girl and married a girl named Ruth, and they had a baby named Obed. Obed and his wife had a baby named Jesse. Jesse and his wife had a baby, and they named him David. David and Bathsheba had a baby, and they named him Solomon. And then Solomon had a great-great-granddaughter named Mary, and Mary had a little lamb named Jesus. Amen? His name was Jesus. Now listen, that is the bloodline of Jesus. How could it be that in the bloodline of Jesus is a woman, a prostitute named Rahab? Listen, every time her name is mentioned in the Bible, except for the book of Matthew, she is identified as Rahab the prostitute. But in the book of Matthew, where it's listing this bloodline of Jesus, it just identifies her as Rahab. What happened? Here's what happened. When you get in the bloodline of Jesus, when you get under the blood and protection of Jesus, he cleanses you from your past. You are no longer what you were. Your sins are remembered no more. You are a new person. The Bible says you are a new creation when you are in Christ Jesus. And so God says to Rahab, it doesn't matter what you were. What matters is what you now are. Rahab, I can use you. I can bring something great even out of your shame. Rahab, I can cleanse you. And from your bloodline, I can bring a savior. I can bring a redeemer. I can bring a friend. And his name will be Jesus. Say amen again. Amen. Amen. Wow. No matter what we were, Jesus not only cleanses us at that moment going forward, but he cleanses everything behind us. Amen. And then he puts her in the bloodline of his son, Jesus. 
Aren't you thankful for the love and the grace of our God? God can save you and your house. God can then use you and your house. But you've got to get your family in the house and you've got to keep them in the house. You've got to say this and mean it with all your heart. You've got to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Rahab made that decision. She decided to lead her family to the safe place, to the house of God Almighty. So on this Mother's Day weekend, the question I have for you mothers is this. Are you leading your family to a safe place? Are you leading your family to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you leading your family into the safety of God's house, God's family, week after week after week? Where are you leading your family? Tonight, I want to encourage you to make this commitment to lead your family to a place of safety, which is in the house. Now, you notice in the word of God, he said, your family's only going to be saved if they're in the house. In other words, if somebody said, hey, Rahab, I'm going to go out and get a pizza before they come. He wouldn't have been saved. They're only safe in the house. Keep your family in the house. Would you bow with me? Mothers, I encourage you to pray this prayer in your heart. Even if you're a Christian and, and believe that you have no sin in your life, we all have sins not only of commission, but sins sometimes of omission, things that we haven't done that we should have done. Would you pray this prayer in your heart? Father, forgive me and cleanse me from all my sins. Tonight, I'm moving the rope. I'm putting my sinful ways out of business and behind me. I'm committing to fight for my family by leading them to a place of safety, which is only found in you through a relationship with your son, Jesus. From this day on, as for me and those in my house, we will serve the Lord. I ask this and commit to this in the name of your Son and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen.